Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I know I say it all the time that I'm so excited to be here with you today, but today I'm actually extra excited and especially excited to be here with you because we're going to talk about one of my very favorite topics, all right? What we're going to talk about today is this amazing nerve in our body that's called the vagus nerve, and lo and behold, surprising as it was to me and might be for you, it has nothing at all to do with how you feel sitting at a gambling table. <laughs> Sorry, folks. That's just an obligatory dad joke I had to throw in there. But no, no, no. The vagus nerve is actually not even spelled like that vagus. It's spelled V-A-G-U-S. All right. Now, this vagus nerve is the longest nerve in our body. It actually extends. It goes from the, the um, cerebellum of the brain and the brain stem. So basically the very base of your brain and extends all the way down to the bottom of your vagus. Viscera. The viscera is like your trunk, right? And so it, it wraps around the bottom of all of your organs. And specifically what it's doing is it's a, it's connecting the three minds of the body, okay? It's connecting your brain to your heart to your stomach, or to your gut, as we might say, okay? And and the, the beautiful thing about the vagus nerve, or one of the amazing things about the, there's a lot of amazing things, we're going to get into it right here, but but the vagus nerve is is uh, contains nerve endings that are both afferent and efferent, which means that it's a, a two-way street, okay? That, they're, that it's sending signals up to your brain from your gut and your heart, but it's also going the other way around, right? So it's really syncing up these three minds that we have, right? We have the 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 gut knowledge that we that you know our gut instinct, right? That's a real thing. And I've talked about you about that here before. And I'll talk about it here again, I'm sure. But we also have the heart knowledge, right? The heart wisdom, right? Which is something like, you know, when when you trust your heart, right? When your heart tells you what to do, that is also a very strong intuition that is very real. And then of course there's the knowledge of the brain. And it's really interesting that that the heart and the stomach both contain neurons that are extremely similar to the brain, the neurons that make up your brain. So it's it's a very real thing that we literally have these three separate brains in our body, and the vagus nerve is this thing that connects them all together, and that is just amazing. It also happens to be, for trivia's sake, happens to be the longest nerve in our whole body, right? So it's, it's a big deal, right? And so it really does play off of what we talked about yesterday, right, when we talked about uh, fear versus the um, the uh, awareness of danger that we might have, right? And how fear is the emotion that is going to trigger the stress response in our body, okay? So, you know, how the um, the vagus nerve connects to that, to the stress response, is through the, the influence that the vagus ner nerve has on our parasympathetic nervous system, okay? So, when we're in the stress response, right, there's 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 two different main branches of what we call the autonomic nervous system, right? There's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Again, these are both contained inside the autonomic nervous system, but they're two different branches of the, the nervous system. 
the sympathetic nervous system is what is active when we are in stress, right? When we are in the fight, fight or flight uh, mode of our body, right? When we're in this ultra, you know, hyper aroused state of, of emotion and, 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 you know, body, you know, uh, functioning, right? And we're ready to either run away from something that's chasing us or fight it off or in some species that becomes freeze or faint, right? So for an opossum, right, the sympathetic nervous system gets activated and the opossum literally faints. He actually passes out so that it looks like he's dead and therefore that's his his uh, his um, uh, survival mechanism, right? Against prey, against predators rather, right? The predator will think that it's already dead and I'm not eating a carcass, I'm looking for a live animal, right? And so, so but for us, right, for humans, it's fight, flight, or freeze mostly, okay? And so when we're in that state of arousal, you can almost look at it like a car, okay? So so the sympathetic nervous system is like the accelerator of the car, right? It's everything that, that makes the car go, right? It's the gas pedal, it's the fuel injector, it's the, it's the combustion of the engine, it's the thing that propels the car forward. It revs it all up, right? The parasympathetic nervous system, therefore, is the brakes of the car, right? The, the way that we can regulate our body to get to, you know, sort of like in a car, it would be the cruising, uh, you know, uh, uh, speed, right? And, and that's what we're always looking for when we're driving, right? If, we, if we're constantly, you know, slamming on the gas and then slamming on the brakes and we're going forward and back and forward and back and, and real herky-jerky movement, movements, that's not good for anybody in the car and it's not good for the car itself, right? So what do we try to do when we're when we're in a car and driving? We try to reach, you know, whether it's 30 miles an hour going down a boulevard or it's 60 miles an hour going down the highway, we look for that smooth sort of regulation, right? And so so when we're going a little too fast, we kind of tap on the brakes a little bit, right? We don't have to slam on the brakes and, and shut everything down, but we tap on it a little bit to bring ourselves down, right? So that's the same way the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system work, all right? The sympathetic nervous system is driving you really fast, right? The parasympathetic nervous system is bringing you down to that cruising sort of speed, right? It, it's going from fight or flight to what we call rest and digest, all right. And at any given moment, just like in a car, at any given moment, you're, you know, what we're trying to do in our bodies is bring ourselves back to that place of rec uh, regulation, right? The state of homeostasis that it's called, right? Which is where everything is working the way it's supposed to right? And that means that our heart rate is where it's supposed to be, our blood pressure is where it's supposed to be, our, our digestive system, our immune system, our lymphatic system, our respiratory system, all of these things are operating the way that they're supposed to be operating, okay? So, so it's the parasympathetic nervous system which brings us back to that state of being, right? Which is a place of health, which is a place of the creative, you know, sort of mode of your body, right? Not the survival mode of your body, right? It's the opposite of that, okay? So the, the vagus nerve is what you know, kind of triggers that parasympathetic nervous system, right? So, so without the vagus nerve, for instance, right, we might just drive with our pedal to the metal all the time, right? It's, it's the vagus nerve, which, which kind of, you know, recognizes that, okay, the threat is over. Now it's time to bring things down for our own, you know, internal survival, right? Once we've survived whatever the threat is out there, the vagus nerve helps to bring us back in an internal, you know, organism way 
way, bring us back to that regulated space where we can be healthy and happy and, and, you know, and functioning. All right. So it's very, very important if you haven't picked up on that. Okay. Um, so, so the way the vagal, the vagus nerve works, right, is that, well, let me say not the way it works because that's a little different uh, terminology, but, but the vagus nerve is measured by something that is called the vagal tone, okay? And the vagal tone, it's really fascinating, okay? There is a very slight difference in your blood pressure and your heart rate and the, you know, just the, the mechanism of your cardiovascular uh, system, right? There's a slight difference between when you're breathing in and you're breathing out, okay? Now, it's not something you can measure with a cuff, uh, you know, uh, blood pressure thing, like you go to the doctor and you, you get your blood pressure taken. That's not going to measure the vagal tone, right? It's, it's very, very slight, and it's literally like in between the heartbeats, right? Like, like that's where this thing happens, right? But, but essentially, the greater difference in your blood pressure between the in-breath and the out-breath is what we call a higher vagal tone. Okay, so so when the when there's a greater difference, right? When you have a, a more of a calm in between the breaths, then your vagal tone is higher. A lower vagal tone means that there's not as much difference in your blood pressure between the in breath and the out breath. Okay, now why does this matter? <laughs> okay, uh, it matters for some very uh, important reasons. In fact, so the first thing that we want to talk about is the fact that again, the vagus nerve and the vagal tone. You know, the vagal tone basically says how how functioning is your vagus nerve, right? How stimulated is it? How alive? How ready to go is it? Because like other nerves in our bodies and like our, our uh, you know, uh, systems in, at large and our muscles and everything else, if we're not using it, it is going to atrophy, right? It is not something years and years and years ago, you know, <laughs> scientists used to have things so backwards, right? You know, years ago, they thought that the brain, as soon as you were about 25 years old, that was it. You had all the nerve, you know, all the uh, brain cells you were ever going to have. You were never going to grow anymore. Nothing was going to change. And now we know that that's completely untrue. So the same thing used to be true for the vagus, the vagus nerve, that they felt that, you know, once you reach your maturity of a adulthood where your body was finished growing that at that point your vagal your vagal tone was what it was and it was never going to change well now they know differently right and they know that actually a maintenance of this vagus nerve and and a, and a practicing can increase the vagal tone or the ignorance of the vagus nerve and ignorance of any of the practices can lower the vagal tone over time. So it's very much the kind of thing where, you know, use it or lose it, right? Um, now, there's definite benefits, okay? Uh, aside from the ability for your, you to go from the, the stress to homeostasis, which is everything, right? I mean, that is so huge, especially in modern times, right? Because when we're in the stress response, we're getting into all kinds of, of really, really difficult situations, right? Difficult um, uh, status of our body, right? Again, our body is in this hyper arousal state. So everything is just running as fast as it can, right? Right? And of course, this is really not healthy for you. Okay, if you, you know, it, it's meant to, the stress response is meant to, to last maybe five minutes, 10 minutes at the tops 
right? But how many people do you know that have stress in their lives? Maybe you are, are someone who experiences stress in your body, not stress in your life, but stress in your body, and, and it's all the time, right? I've told you here, 77% of American adults deal with chronic stress, meaning that every single day their body is going into that stress response. And that is just not, not only is that not natural, and not only is that not the way that we are meant to, to function as mammals, just like any other mammal in, in, on the earth, it's actually very, very damaging to you, right? It would be, again, going back to the car analogy. Imagine if you had a car and you literally just put a cinder block on the, on the, the gas pedal and, and had, the, you know, had the car up on jacks and put a cinder block on the, uh, on the gas pedal so it just was revving as high as it possibly could right? How long do you think that car would last before things started breaking down? In fact, that's one of the things that they do to test cars, to test how how the cars are designed, right? That's the test that they put it under. It's called a stress test, just like you might go through a stress test at your doctor, right? And the idea of a stress test for the doctor is, is to see how quickly you come back down, what kind of resilience to that stress you have. But just like a car, if you never come back down from that, there's only a certain amount of time that your heart can keep beating so fast and, and your your blood can keep pumping, your lungs can keep going. Eventually, things are going to break down, and they do, right? And that's why most doctors at this point will tell you that that even with genetics factored in, almost every single malady that we can experience as human bodies is related directly back to the level of stress that our body experiences and how often and how chronically. Okay, it's that serious, okay? So, so, but even beyond that, the vagus nerve and the vagal tone have some extremely high health benefits or health risks, right? Higher vagal tone equals a lot of health benefits. Lower vagal tone equals a lot of health risks. And I'm going to name a few of these for you, okay? In the it's not a happy thing, okay? Because the 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 bad stuff is pretty bad, okay? Or or pretty, you know, scary. Okay? So, but but just know as you're listening to this that again, it is all changeable. You can practice ways in which to raise your vagal tone, and I'm going to give you some practices to do that, okay? Right here right now. All right. So, the higher vagal tone <clears throat> is associated with Lower blood pressure, uh, better sugar regulation of your blood, um, reduced inflammation, better digestion, right? Um, because remember, it's part of your gut and it's also part of your heart. It's all connected. So, so your digestion is going to be better. Your heart rhythm is going to be better. Um, it's associated with better moods, better stress resilience, and lower anxiety, Okay, these are all things associated with a higher vagal tone. Now, the negative aspects of the health that, that is associated with the lower vagal tone, okay, depression, diabetes or hypoglycemia, uh, cardio issues, you know, whole issues with your, your cardiovascular system, so heart arrhythmias, um, uh, you know, high blood pressure, uh, all that kind of stuff, right, is all associated with a lower vagal tone, uh, increased uh, risk of stroke, uh, chronic fatigue, 
cognitive impairment, higher levels of inflammation, which is also going to increase your, your susceptibility to disease because in your body, when you're inflamed, right, you, the inflammation of your body is just your body reacting to something that it thinks if it, if it does this thing, it's going to get rid of whatever's attacking it, right? But again, because we're talking about stress, it's all coming from the thoughts and, and coming from the, the sort of uh, mental activity, right? And so therefore, it's not real, right? But your body doesn't know that it's real. And so therefore, it's going to create inflammation because it's afraid and it thinks that this is the only way I can attack this thing that's happening in my body. But the problem is that if you, if you stay in a state of inflammation in your body, that's where diseases can grow, right? Things like cancer, and so it's really, really dangerous to have inflammation in your body. And anything you can do, I mean, how many times have you heard anti-inflammation, right? Well, your body has its own built-in anti-inflammatory uh, system, and that is the vagus nerve, okay? So the higher vagal tone is, is associated with decreased inflammation, lower vagal turn, tone is, is associated with higher levels of inflammation. And then last but absolutely not least is uh, lower vagal tone is associated with something called endometriosis. Now, endometriosis or endometriosis, I am not involved in this in any way because it has to do with the uterus okay endometriosis is a is a condition in which the cells that belong on the inside of the uterus start to grow on the outside of the uterus and for women who suffer from this you're talking about a great amount of pain in their in their menstrual cycles but you're also talking about even at the worst case scenario infertility right? So, so these are very, very major health issues that are all either regulated or dysregulated by the vagal tone. Now, again, the vagal tone is measured by the difference, the very slight difference between, in your blood pressure between the in-breath and the out-breath when you're inhaling versus exhaling. Now, I'm sure the burning question is, okay, Art, I get it. How do I raise my vagal tone? And I'm really glad you asked that question because it happens to be one of my very favorite practices. And as I told you yesterday, that practice is loving kindness or compassion practices. All right. Now, when we're, when we're you know, functioning in compassion, Right. And when we're when we're having heartfelt, you know, heart centered, you know, feelings of love. OK, this is going to increase the vagal tone. It's amazing, isn't it? And, and so let's let's go into what that means exactly. Right. So and there are other ways, I'll be honest and, and forthright with this and, and forthcoming with this, that there are other ways to to practice um, uh, to 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 increase your vagal tone. There are other methods, and I'm going to go over those in a second. But loving kindness does a couple of other really important things, and compassion does a couple of really important things that are you know kind of as a whole package. It's hard to deny, right? It's hard to it's hard to get away from the fact of the benefit that we're talking about, right? So. So we've talked here a lot about empathic resonance, right? And mostly we talk about it in in the context of of a negative end of that, right? Like so 
I always use the the uh, the example of like if you're watching me hammer a nail into a board and I miss the nail at one point, I hit my thumb, right? You're going to feel that in your body. And that's because of mirror neurons, which are reflecting what you see into your own body, right? When you see somebody else go through something, you are going to experience that thing in your own brain and in your own body. But the empathic resonance works in both directions, right? Not only in both directions between you and me, but also in the positive as well as the negative. So it's it's not just when you see me bang my my hand, my thumb with a hammer, that you're going to feel that. You're also going to respond to my love. You're going to respond to my heartfelt connection to you. And it doesn't take much, you know, even when we, when we make eye contact with each other, right? You know, when you make eye contact with another person, you share a smile with that person. You, you share just a warm feeling just for a, a, a brief, like a second of time. In that moment, your, <clears throat> your two bodies are syncing up with each other. Right? And of course, this would take more than a second, obviously, but, but when you are connected to someone, right, again, through eye contact, through a smile, through a kind word, through any kind of compassionate or kind endeavor at all, <clears throat> what starts to happen is your, your, your heart rhythms will actually start to sync up. Your, your brain neurons, like the mirror neurons, will start firing together. You will start to you know feel each other in your own gut. Right. And again, it's not just when the negative things happen, but it's also when the positive things happen. So your vagus nerve responds to this because remember, it's afferent and efferent. Right. So so the the organs of the, the gut, all the vital organs, but but especially the gut, the the heart and the brain, you know, the the vagus nerve is sending information to the brain through these different uh, organs. And it's also receiving information from the brain to these different organs. Right. So that means that when you and I are together and we're making eye contact with each other and we're smiling to each other, when we're truly connected with each other on a heartfelt way, remember, there's that thing, that heart-mind, right? When my heart-mind is connected to your heart-mind, well, what happens is the body starts to respond to that, right? And the the regulation of the of the the heart rate and and everything else that goes on right the 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 vagus nerve is going to pick up on this right and the vagus nerve is really going to like it and it's going to send that signal back up to the brain it's going to tell the brain that everything is good everything's fine there's nothing to worry about and then the brain sends that signal back out through the vagus nerve again to all the different components of your body you know the the gut the 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 heart the all the different vital organs at the bottom of your of your viscera <clears throat> So what this means is that as we practice compassion, right? And and again, just doing loving kindness uh, meditation has been shown to increase the vagal tone, scientifically, medically speaking, right? That if, if you spend 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes a day practicing loving kindness, which is just as simple, and I'm going to give you this practice in a couple of minutes, but just as simple as picturing people in your mind and wishing them well, right? Just doing that increases the vagal tone. 
But then that, as we practice that compassion, what that does is that increases our capacity for the real human connection that we feel, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be somebody that you're, you know, that one person in your life that you love so much or that family that you have, your children, whatever. I'm talking about even at the grocery store right? While you are online and the cashier is just, you know, zapping your stuff through, if you can connect with that person, even just for a few seconds, this is it's still going to happen, right? The vagal tone is going to increase not only your vagal tone, but the other person's vagal tone as well, right? Which is really the essence of compassion, right? If, if I am feeling compassion, <clears throat> pardon me again, compassion is comes from the Latin come Pare, right? Which is to suffer with. <clears throat> so if I am standing there s- connected to you through our shared human suffering, then actually what I'm doing is I'm decreasing your suffering because by connecting to you, I am actually increasing your health. I'm increasing, remember, all of the the uh, things associated with a higher vagal tone, you know, mood, um, <clears throat> heart rhythm, stress resilience, lower anxiety. So by, by connecting with you through compassion and through kindness, I'm actually helping you. I am actually reducing the suffering that you are feeling in your body. Folks, I'm so sorry. I got this tickle in my throat. I had to actually stop the last video and start again. And I got a lozenge because I was, you know, so having such a hard time here. But pardon me. Um, But yeah, so that's the reason why this is so important. Okay, so how do we practice loving kindness? Okay, it's so, so simple, and it's such a beautiful practice. Okay, here's what you're going to do. <clears throat> As with any practice, you want to prime yourself, okay? So so spend a few moments, you know, just <sighs> close your eyes, you know, just center into your body. Feel, you know, a great way to center your body or to ground your body, I should say, is to notice the feeling at the bottoms of your feet, right? Notice your body sitting in the chair which you're sitting, right? Um, You know, maybe just pay attention to the temperature of the room around you, right? Or is there any noise that's happening? Are there any, you know, what's, what's the light look like coming through the window, right? Just ground yourself for a few moments. Now, when you start to do the practice of loving kindness, it's a, it's a four-step process, okay? The first thing you're going to do, and I have, I have a series of phrases that I'd be happy to email them to you, okay? If you, all you got to do is ask for them. Uh, the phrases are very simple. They are, may, <clears throat> may I be well, May I be free from suffering. May I be free from fear and insecurity. May I be forgiven for my mistakes and my misdeeds. May I feel loved. May I be happy. Okay, six phrases. So repeat them first to yourself. And then the next step is you're going to picture someone for whom it's really easy to wish these things, okay? So this is your spouse. This is your, your children. This is somebody, somebody in your life who just represents nothing but good feelings. <clears throat> picture this person in your mind as though you're looking at a photograph of them and repeat the same phrases to them. May you be well. May you be free from suffering. May you be free from fear and insecurity, on and on. Next, you're going to take a person in your life who is neutral, 
right? Someone who, that cashier at the grocery store, right? The bank teller, the barista, the person who who sits on the other side of your office who you hardly ever talk to. Right, the neighbor four doors down who you never really got to meet, right? But you know who they are, you know that they're there in the world. So picture one of those pre- people and repeat the same phrases. <clears throat> now, finally, you're going to come to the difficult one, right? You're going to, to pick a person who maybe has hurt you before. Or maybe it's somebody in the public sphere that that is that represents something that you don't like, right? in spite of how you feel about this person, repeat those phrases to this person, okay? Again, this is going to do something really important for you, not just with your vagal tone and your vagus nerve, but also just in the way that you experience life, okay? So trust me on this. This is a very, very powerful practice. It might seem automatic at times and mechanical, uh, kind of doing it by rote and a little dry, And that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's not working. So keep doing that, okay? If you could do those, that practice that I just said maybe two or three times a day within a few short weeks, you are going to experience all the health benefits from a higher vagal tone. You're going to hear, you're going to experience better connection to people in your life, and you're going to experience more happiness. And like I say, it's happiness for no reason at all, right? It's just because, so what are the other ways to increase your vagal tone? Because I don't want to be just biased. I don't, I mean, my favorite is a loving kindness, right? But that's what I do, right? It's a very powerful practice for me. <clears throat> Some of the other ways you can do it, singing, right? Anything that you're doing to, to activate your vocal cords because the vagus nerve runs right along your vocal cords. So singing, humming, you know, so if you're in the shower, sing, sing like nobody's listening, even if they are. And, and that is going to help you increase your vagal tone. Um, deep, slow, diaphragmatic breathing, Okay, breathing with your abdomen, you know, for five minutes a day, that is going to increase your vagal tone. Uh, Washing your face with cold water also helps, you know, because it stimulates the nerves in your face, which then stimulates certain parts of your brain, which are connected to the vagal tone, going to help stimulate it. Um, And also balancing your gut microbiome. Okay, so things like, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Probiotics and things like this, right? If you you have stomach issues, right? If you're digestive issues of any kind, you know, take some probiotics and that's going to help balance the the microbiome in your, you know, the bacteria. Sorry, in your gut that is going to help to, to raise the vagal tone as well. Now, here's the thing. It's not one or, or the other. You can do all of these things, right? Like, I love to sing in the shower. I love to hum all day long. My kids and I have, have contests about humming songs to each other, right? I, I do eat a very balanced diet, and I take care of my gut microbiome. I love washing my face with cold water. I love, love to turn off the the hot water at the end of my shower just to get a good dose of that cold water on me. But the point is that all of these are very simple practices that you can do anytime. They do not require special training. They do not require special uh, setup or anything. It's just simple stuff that you can do. And I hope I convinced you today of how the benefits to, to doing some of these practices, right? The real health benefits. I mean, you're talking about longevity at this point. And so I hope I inspired you to, to, to do this.
And if you if you would like the the phrases of loving kindness, then I am more than happy to send them to you. All you got to do is email me at art at artburnscoaching.com or uh, or just reply to the email that you got this the link to this video in and ask for the the uh, the loving kindness phrases, and I will send them to you right away in PDF form. I wish you well, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I, I can't wait to come back tomorrow and share some more thoughts with you. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.